0: The views expressed on this podcast do not... It's time
1: to engage the airstrike. The Teresa Kanzi Airstrike.
0: to the Tulisa Kanzi Oh yes, you are! Welcome to it. It's the first ever episode of the Tulisa Kanzi Airstrike. Thank you very much for joining me. Coming your way, I'll tell you what I am pito so musimoning about, and I'll give you my 90-day fiancé review. First things first. I'm going to address the issue of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Especially in the South African DJ fraternity. The father, DJ Fresh, the son, Euphonic, were accused of rape. Now, it is not the first time that the father has been accused of rape. Let me backtrack. This whole thing started in 2017 in the United States of America with the hashtag MeToo movement. It was a massive movement. It gained international attention. A lot of victims came out and called out their perpetrators. It was a major storm. We have a major storm. Perpetrators who thought they got away with their transgressions, They were dealt with and rightly so. Well done. Thank you. So fast forward to 2019. The surviving R. Kelly documentary (laughs) premiered. And again, the hashtag MeToo movement was involved. A lot more perpetrators were called out. Good. Now R. Kelly is a sick man. Till this day, I just do not know how was he able to evade prison. I just don't know how. Clearly he was being protected. And of course, we know by watching that documentary season one and season two, R. Kelly was protected, especially by the corporations. Now, in the same year, 2019, South Africa reached a tipping point after the rape and murder of Uuyinane. That's when South Africa reached a tipping point. And there were a lot of instances of gender-based violence in South Africa. And they were not being dealt with. That was the problem. After the tragic rape and murder of Nene, South Africa started its own hashtag #MiNext movement. The Next movement released a rape list. Victims, anonymously or otherwise, called out their perpetrators. I think at that time there was about over 40 men on that rape list. Most of them were unknown people. Some of them were Twi'lebs. And at that point, the public was on the perpetrator's case. Those perpetrators were bashed. Good, very good. That's democracy. I love that. But then the hypocrisy started when faves such as The Father, DJ Fresh, were called out. And that's when DJ Fresh appeared for the first time as a rape accused. Your friends on social media all of a sudden became first-year students at journalism school doing a module on contextual studies and critical thinking. Ah, no, it can't be. No, can't be teacher fresh. No, no ways. Uh Uh-uh, no. What happened to innocent until proven guilty? Takomba. Okay. So, Injal. So, this outrage, this bashing, of perpetrators is selective or lied but anyway let's not focus on that the most important people are the victims now fast forward to 2021 dj fresh again is accused of rape and apparently this happened about 10 years ago and what happened after that ah. the defense force of dj fresh and Euphonic came through guns blazing, attacking the victim. Now, the victim alleges, Uqba. she does not know whom between the two raped her. The thing is, as a man, Joe, like, how do you smash someone who's like totally out of it? Like who's totally, totally drunk, like totally drunk, like a person who probably does not even know their name. How do you go ahead and smash a woman like that? You leave her alone. Because chances are she's not going to remember. But Fresh and Euphonic denied that they, one, knew her. That this whole thing ever occurred. And that they've never raped anyone. Okay, sure. If you say so. Fine. What was startling Kuyo is the fact that the father and the son were accused of rape. And this is what we heard from the DJ fraternity. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. You heard that? Loud and clear. Very loud and clear. So now other stories came out. This is all alleged. It is alleged that the father has been known since the early 2000s of this kind of behavior. How? Are you serious? Yeah. Back in the YFM days. Also in the 5FM days. Yo, man. Are you for real? But again, these are all allegations. Alright? No woman has actually came out and said, in the YFM days, the father did this to me. Or, in the 5FM days, the father did this to me. There was only one brave woman, Unampri, who has actually came out and called out the father and the son. It's only her. And look at what you people did to her. Shameful. You bullied her. You humiliated her. You called her all kinds of terrible names. And of course, the father and the son, they played a role. The son, Euphonic, went as far as posting a fake WhatsApp purportedly showing us Unampri's apology. Terrible times in South Africa. A lot of people came out and said, ah, but this looks fake. And you know on social media, you have a lot of educated people. Never mind the dumb ones. Don't focus on the dumb ones. There are a lot of educated people on social media who've got their own careers going on. And therefore, if you post something that they went to school and studied for and it turns out what you are posting is incorrect, then they will sort you out. That's how we knew, Uguba, that whole WhatsApp apology the screen grab was fake and even after that this is what we heard from the SA DJ fraternity mm-hmm. loud and clear bathecwaqonoqwa mm-hmm. soze nix there's a reason why no one in the DJ fraternity Will say anything about these allegations leveled against the father and the son. They won't. They will keep quiet. They won't say anything in public. The only DJ who had something to say was DJ Frankie. The legendary DJ Frankie. Now you might be asking yourself, where does DJ Frankie get his legendary status from? Well, he gets it from bootlicking. He is a legendary bootlicker. He came out to defend His father. His father is euphonic. So this means that DJ Frankie is the grandson. So now we have the father, the son, and the grandson. The grandson, DJ Frankie, tried dismally to defend his father and grandfather. He tweeted something that made me ask myself, Ugba, is comprehension a scarce skill in South Africa? Because here's the thing. Before you download Truecaller or any other app, you first read about its capabilities and the permissions it wants from your device. And also you get to know or to read about how maybe some people may manipulate these apps. DJ Frank you know, clearly, he never asked all of these questions. He never researched on all of these things. He just went ahead and downloaded Truecaller and tweeted that nonsense he tweeted, and then later on he deleted it, just like his father did by deleting the tweet of the screen grab. Now, why would DJ Frankie do such a thing? Kaloku u DJ Frankie, o student village mix on 5 FM, libele And this is why a lot of top DJs will never speak out about these allegations leveled against the father and the son is because, for most of them, in order to reach greater heights in their careers, they had to associate themselves with the father and the son because they were on top of the DJ pyramid. So Abazo the Nix, they won't say anything. They'll just keep quiet, mind their own business and tweet about something else or post about something else. So Geba Ti No because they're not going to say anything. They are compromised. Their friends are being called out. The father is being called out. The son has been called out. They do not understand ukuba. Right now, in South Africa, the Holy Spirit is dealing with the transgressions of the father and the son. Better than Simbika undertake. It is so sad to see other people think with their stomachs, like no dog. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I don't want to burn bridges. Listen, we're talking about rape here—a very serious thing—and for you to say you are not going to say anything about this because you don't want to step on anybody's toes. In my opinion, that makes you a muy grande dickhead. Spanish, and do not once think ukuba. These DJs, because they are silent in public, they are not saying anything at all. Ha! They have got a lot to say behind closed doors. They have got a lot to say amongst their own cliques. They know names. They have seen things happen right in front of their eyes, and they're not going to say anything. Intobazoyenza, is this? Going back to the allegation yokuba, this behavior yaga the father goes back to the early 2000s. Some people, especially women in the industry, said victims date back as the early 2000s or 1999. My thing is, a woman who was between the age of 19 and 21 in the year 1999. Right now she is probably in her late 30s. And early 40s. And she probably has a family. A husband. And kids. She's married young along. And I doubt. That victims dating back as. The early 2000s for example. Will come out and call out. Perpetrators. Because they have got such things to take into consideration. Because chances are, them being married and having kids right now, their kids are probably in their teens and they are on social media. So think about this scenario. She comes out and says that she allegedly got sexually violated by the father at some fresh air's bash in UJ or Vits or whatever in the year 2001, for example. And this woman right now has got a teenager right now. We all know the defense force of the father and the son undoubtedly will go after the victim's child and find her on social media and say all sorts of terrible things to her or him about her mother. For example, they'll go as far as saying, Ya yeah, ya bo mama wako. Today Uti, she got sexually violated by Uthe father. Yes, the defense force is capable of doing that. So I think it is highly unlikely that victims dating back to the early 2000s will come out today and say, this is what happened when I was 19, for example. I don't think it's going to happen. Because they've got those examples to take into consideration. And they've also seen what your friends on social media have done to Unampri. When she called out the perpetrators, the father and the son. Mamela, I know, Ugba, the case was thrown out because the NPA did not have sufficient evidence. And lastly, from my side, I want to say to those people who do not believe Unampri, I want to say to you, it is so funny that you are the very same person who believed a fictional 101 year old rose on how the Titanic sunk, yet you can't believe Unampri.
1: Mjongeni the etopini and my tears are all overbare For the sins and my tears are all ka 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 ka
0: Bravo, bravo, perfecto, magnific, Signor Kanzi Uyakaka. It's exclusive to the Tulisa Kanzi Airstrike. You will never hear it anywhere else. Lovely music. I love it. Right now, I am getting into my 90 Day Fiance review. And the show is currently on season 8. Yazzi, I feel like I should explain myself, especially to you, my daughter. Ba. How did I end up watching 90 Day Fiancé? Yay? It was during football off-season. I was bored as F. It was on a Tuesday night. And I was just scrolling through my TV, trying to find something interesting. And then, you know how it is, TLC... Always has interesting programs on it. So I saw, well, I'm a 90 day fiance. Okay, what is that about? So I tune in. And during that time, they were showing Larissa from Brazil. She was engaged to Colti, but she ended up divorcing Colti. She is now with Eriki. And there were other cast members. I remember the two dumb blondes. <laughs> now, Darcy and Stacy. Hey, Bamoon <laughs> Wabasisio I know And the Nigerian dude who used to call his fiance baby love. That's when I started watching 90 Day Fiance. Actually, Asuka, why do I need to explain myself? As to why I started watching 90 Day Fiancé. I do not owe you an explanation. No man, Fuzak. I don't. Futzak. chin. Anyway, let me continue with my 90 Day Fiancé review. I think what attracted me the most to this show was the realness of it all. Nothing is staged. These are real people with real feelings. And to watch someone else being taken for a ride is something very, very interesting. Even more interesting is that they don't even see Ugubade being taken for a ride. And also, it shows you and I the more relatable and real side of America and Americans. Because let's face it, our television is proliferated with US reality TV shows That are always showing the glamorous and glossy side of America that we all aspire to live here in South Africa. So 90 Day Fiancé is about Americans falling in love with foreigners. And the Americans eventually propose or get proposed to by these foreigners. After that, the foreigners, in order to move out of their own country and go live in America, they first need to go through the process of being engaged for 90 days. When they are engaged for 90 days, they get a K-1 visa that enables them to come live in America for 90 days and within that 90 days, they must get married. On today's review, I want to focus on a particular couple, Brandon, who is 27 and is from the USA and his fiance, Julia, who's 26 years old, and she's from Rashia. They, of course, hooked up via online dating, just like most couples on 90 Day Fiancé. And right now, they are engaged. What I find strikingly interesting about this particular couple is the man himself actually... I'm not going to call him a man. He's not a man. He's He's not even a boy. He his name is Brandon. Brandon is a 27-year-old who stays with his parents. Right? So, on the day of Julia's arrival, Brandon went to go fetch Julia at the airport with his parents. Julia was unaware of this. She was totally surprised to arrive in America, and then see Ugba Brandon is with his parents. It was so awkward to see her arrival and how those two just grabbed each other, hugged each other, kissed nonstop. Like the kiss was awkward because while they are busy embracing each other, Brandon's parents were right there watching everything. They were spectators. And these two young lovebirds embraced each other for a very long time. Very long. Non-stop grabbing, non-stop kissing. Both their bodies were intertwined. You could see Uguba, they were just feeling each other's sexual organs. Through the clothes. They were hungry for each other. Because they were so happy to see each other. And Yonke Lendo was happening right in front of Brandon's parents. Aike, Brandon introduces Julia to his parents. And then off they went to the hotel. Brandon's parents get their own room. So aike, these lovebirds enter their hotel room and they continue to embrace each other. 10 minutes later, knock on the door. It is Brandon's mother telling them that, guys, you've got like five minutes. We are off to have dinner. She had already made dinner reservations. That's when the trouble started for me. I'm like, no mama, why is she so controlling? Why is she so overbearing? These two lovebirds just want to smash each other right now until kingdom come. When we are fika, so you've made dinner reservations. They've got five minutes. It's off to the restaurant. How dare you? You cock blocker. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to focus more on Lumam I need to know what her name is. Her name is Betty. How old she is. Okay, I don't know that. But what kind of childhood did she have? What kind of a mother is she? Kuten is overbearing and controlling like this. Leave those kids alone. So at this point, I'm thinking that who Brandon is going to put his foot down and say, Mom, no, um, we're not going anywhere. Julia and I are not going anywhere. We're going to stay in our hotel room and talk. We'll see you guys tomorrow. I was expecting that from Brandon. But no. Brandon Dean was like a little puppy. He obeyed everything that his mother said. To the dismay of his fiance, Julia. Julia could not believe. I could not believe. The rest of the world did not believe. Aike. Ba am ba in Washington. While they were having dinner, Betty, Brandon's mother, told them that, guys, tomorrow we're going to go sightseeing and go around, show Julia around. man. <sniffs> huh? Does she think Brandon is some little puppet of hers? And then, oh, yeah, guys, by the way, your father and I decided that when we go back home, you Julia and Brandon are gonna sleep in separate bedrooms. No ways. At that point I thought Brandon was really going to be assertive and say, Olet, uh come and go, calm and come, you're overstepping now. Uh-uh, we we'll keep boundaries all it. What did Brendan do? Oh, Brendan, we'll be talking about two-lears. we again. Julia was gobsmacked. i She's thinking, no, man. The ex-yum, Vladimir, would have never allowed his mother to walk all over him. The way Brandon's mother walks over Brandon. are She's dating his tea punch. She's dating Popeye. A man who cannot stand up for himself. And set boundaries with the people closest to him. What a sad sight. Like I do not understand. As a man. Regardless of your situation, you're living in your parents' house. You do have a job, but you cannot afford to pay rent. You live with your parents. Why is it that at age 27, you are not assertive with how you want people to treat you and the decisions that you make and the life that you want to live? Why can't you do that? In my opinion you're not a man. You're not a boy either. And he has you don't. Know, such things are not allowed. You need to put your foot down as a person. love Brandon Lona. a man. He's a disappointment to the human race. mama waike, And it got me thinking. Ukba, as a father, you're watching your son, it's a long boom your wife, don't you ever have conversations with your son and advise him how to be assertive and show him the way? But I could see even no that Brendan himself, it's a long boom the father's name is Ron by the way. Oh Ron Utzalang Boom Lunai. Ku Kaliskin Saga Betty It's Betty's way or the highway. And we saw this happen episode by episode by episode. To a point where Julia gave Brandon an ultimatum and said, Brandon, if things do not change, then I'll move back to Russia. Brandon later on went to consult his parents and told his parents that, listen, Julia gave me this ultimatum. And I have decided Julia and I will move out of the house. If things do not change, we want to sleep in the same bedroom. The parents were distraught, especially Betty. Betty gave in, and she allowed both Brandon and Julia to share the same bedroom. Weeks later, while driving, Julia tells Brandon that, Brandon, my mela man, I've been vomiting this whole morning. I think I might be pregnant. And then Brandon did something that was very unexpected. He told Julia and the rest of the world, before we do anything else, we should tell my parents, Ugba, you might be pregnant. Who the fuck does that? I think there's something mentally wrong with that kid. The first thing you do when your girl tells you Ugba, she might be pregnant is you go to the pharmacy, not to your parents. And so he did. Both of them went and told Brandon's parents hey Julia might be pregnant And then afterwards they got the test wrong alanduan na the because no normal person can do something like that Ever I and the worry shame situation Brandon and how he is a doormat it works on my nerves especially when his mother gets into the picture all the time your it's a big conundrum I do not wish this on anyone in the world I don't you cannot allow people to walk over you like that. Tikomba gumball just boozed, uba. Lendoana, if womana apilendo, you woulds alungembum lo because upeti uitsalungembum lo straight. And I looked at his father, Ron, and I was like, yo, na ye uyi se uitsalungembum pumlo. So of course Lendoana, he thinks this is normal, uba atalungembum lo gaba gabazali back, especially his mother Betty. I would never allow none of my parents never. And I think I speak on behalf of all young people in the world. So by Zala pregnancy test, Julia is not pregnant, and you should have seen the relief in Betty's face. When she heard the news. No ron na ye. They were relieved. Oh Ron, if, if there was a jumping castle in that room at that moment, he would have been on it. The way he was so relieved. They were happy. Takomba yo, uh-uh. These parents are a problem. Kove in-laws, zi problems. Ah, those parents are problems. They define problems. Those two, upeti Where's Keen upeti? Chongen nwelezi curly, nga tizi Hillary Clinton. Are you about to host a party at a club, Chisanyama or restaurant? And you want a DJ with mad skills? Well, book Tulisa Kanzi for a lit DJ performance and hear something like this. to lisa.kanzi at gmail.com and let's get the party started. All hail for the Lord Commander of Complaints. No, the North Africans. They are always bullying everybody. Always, they bully referees. They bully everybody. They don't want to lose. They are going to lose tonight. We beat them fair and square. Do we want to justify how many times coaches win with the with the referee's mistake?
1: The yeah, Baroka player disrespected
0: Madisha, which was not good. And most especially is the players who are on the bench who are sitting there, disrespecting somebody who's playing whilst you are sitting in the cold there in the stands. So. What are you pizzo musimoning about? Ooh, ooh. What am I pizzo musimoning about? Yeah. Question. Why is a PR agent appearing in TV adverts instead of their clients? Question. This is a burning question and it should be answered. I am pizza Musi moaning about a PR agent appearing in a TV advert instead of their clients. It could only happen in South Africa. Honestly speaking. Or maybe Mna Tulisa Kanzi, I do not understand the role of a PR agent. That's why I am asking such a dumb question. From my understanding, the role of a PR agent is to increase the profile of your client is to book TV appearances for your clients. It's to book radio and magazine interviews for your clients. Basically, basically the responsibility of a PR agent is to get your client's name and face out there. That is it. So why are you the one appearing in a TV advert? Instead of your client, can someone answer me please? I need to know why, 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 why. I really need to know why. Yazzie, sometimes I just feel that people who are behind the scenes, the reason that they are behind the scenes was because they just wanted to put one foot into the door, you understand? of whatever their end goal is. I've seen this happen in radio broadcasting, where there are a lot of people who are behind the scenes, either in copywriting, marketing, sales, and production. They got into those different departments because it was their way to get one foot into the door so that eventually they can become on-air presenters, right? And they are usually the ones who have a lot to say about people who are on-air presenters because they want to be in that position one day. That is their end goal, to be in that position one day. That's why they would criticize people who are on-air because they want to be there. So maybe this is the case with a PR agent. That no, man, being in PR will give me at least one foot into the entertainment industry. My end goal is to become a celebrity one day. Yeah. So let me do PR for now and then work my way up. And you know what? This is what led to the decline of the Entertainment as we knew it. The weekdays, 6 p.m. V Entertainment. Because what started to happen was that It focused too much on what was happening in the north of Johannesburg. And as a result, brands who belonged to certain PR agents were the ones who would always appear on V Entertainment. Like almost every week, they would appear either for interviews or for those inserts V Entertainment used to have. The same faces always appeared. And then PR agents themselves started appearing for these inserts and interviews. And then V Entertainment stopped being relevant to the rest of the country because the rest of the country does not subscribe to that Josie North lifestyle. It's as simple as that. So now years later, we have a PR agent appearing in a TV advert instead of their clients. What could be the reason for this? The advert was shot during the pandemic, of course. So, maybe the client was unable to shoot because they were stuck in heavy traffic during level 5 lockdown. Or maybe the client couldn't make it because they were busy reverse engineering a COVID 19 vaccine. And us? I really don't know, but in my opinion, it is very unethical of a PR agent to appear in a TV advert instead of their clients. That's it. And that's how I am going to close off the first episode of the Tulisa Kanzi Airstrike. Thank you very much for tuning in. We shall do this again next week.